How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. KYW Original Podcast. I am very pleased to be joined by former Flyers captain, current TSN analyst, and a weekly columnist for the Toronto Star, former Flyers captain Dave Pullen. Dave, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. I definitely want to talk hockey with you, but of course we can't bury the lead. The Flyers have had a a rough week, rough week and a half, dealing with coronavirus-related issues, Uh, crossing our fingers that they are able to get back to playing games tomorrow night against the Rangers. But I'm curious, as a former captain, uh, if you are one of the leaders right now on this team, uh, because unfortunately, Clojureux is on the COVID protocol list. If you're one of the leaders right now on this team, what's your message to the Flyers as they get ready to play a game for the first time in 11 days? Well, it's been such a unique year. I mean, literally, now we're close to a calendar year on this. And, you know, I played for a coach in Philadelphia in Mike Keenan, whose mantra was expect the unexpected. And I think that is as pronounced now as it's ever been, Dave. Like, whatever happens, and it, it, it absolutely can't be woe is us or, you know, we don't have the advantage other people have. Everybody's been in the same situation. This is the only time in our lives when everyone across the table has been in a similar situation. And, you know, even in extreme events in the world, they were always happening in a locale. They weren't happening worldwide. And to think of how it's affected sports and then drill down how it's, you know, affected hockey and then drill down again. And I work in the North division, the, you know, Canadian division, and we have not had a game postponed or delayed yet because of COVID. It's amazing, but it's because the guys are doing the right thing. And, and it's so hard when I say that because, you know, schools have just reopened here and it was all online. And I know schools have been open in various pockets of the States. It's probably the biggest challenge is how different each of the States has handled things. And whereas Canada across the board has been pretty even in the way it's been handled from border to border up here. And, you know, so, so much of that is out of the guy's control, but from the player's standpoint in that locker room, if we're ready to play um, off to a real nice start and, and ready to go again, and we, we get to play hockey, not we're playing hockey, we get to play hockey. I think that's the way you have to look at it. Can you ever remember a point in your career where you had 10 days during the season without a game? Um, no, no. I mean, individually you did because of injury, but right. certainly not as a team. Even back then, the all-star breaks were much shorter. There were no bye weeks. There was absolutely no time during the year when you had that. There was a, 
a little strike situation, not a lockout, but a strike situation in 92 or 93 when we would have sat down for a week late in the season. Um, but I was in Boston at that point. But no, this is unprecedented across the board to not be able to to do it. And, you know, and the, so twist it into a positive. You know, you're, you know, you've played, what, 13 games and you're, and you're ready to go now. You're fresh. You don't get this kind of break. And so once again, I would just turn it into as positive a situation as I could. How, how uh, you talk about the positive, but how, how tough is it to have a layoff like that? And I guess on the same front, when they were playing consistently, uh, it was a very compact schedule, playing uh, not exactly every other night, but kind of, kind of close to it, much more compact than a normal NHL schedule. So how tough is it from that respect, and how tough is it to have a break like this? Well, I mean, the, the hockey part will come back pretty quickly. And, and you know, seemingly in, in that division, everyone has had one, I believe, or close to it. And so it's not that you're doing something that everybody else isn't. Um, you know, and the, and the skating part comes back. You, it'll take a little bit of time from a rust standpoint to knock it off. But I would think pretty quickly you'll get right back up to speed. And once again, over the last year and a half plus, there's been so much downtime and so much time off. And your body arguably feels better than it has in a really long time. You know, I, I take a, a guy like James Van Riemsdyk, who I work with up here in Toronto, and, you know, he gets constant maintenance during the season. You know, he always had his own chiropractor. He was constantly getting tuned up and maintenance. And I'll bet you from a body standpoint, his body hasn't been as good as it is now in a really, really long time. How comfortable would you be playing in the pandemic as it is right now? Um, I, I think I'd be good. I'd control what I could control. You know, the success of the bubbles is pretty evident when they've gone into a, an absolutely tightly controlled environment. It's been successful. So from an individual standpoint, you have to create that bubble. And I know it's harder with kids that are in school and, you know, various things like that. But you've got to create it to the best of your abilities. And I know the NHL has really tightened down the protocols for what they can and can't do in terms of you know, it's got to be a year where you don't go to restaurants and, and, you know, you get your food delivered and you get your groceries delivered. And it's got to be a year when you say, we've just got to figure out the best way to get through it and we'll do whatever it takes to get through it to be able to play. You know, we saw that we saw how baseball reacted to some coronavirus situations. NFL too. NBA has been going through it a little bit. How do you think the NHL has reacted to some of these cases? They have tightened up the protocols, I believe, twice in the past mm -hmm. couple of weeks. So how, how do you think they've handled it so far? I think it's been pretty good. Um, they've been creative. I actually uh, went back and forth with with two of my old teammates Rick Tockett and Craig Bruby, whose teams played each other seven straight times. And I was laughing because they lived together when they were young flyers. And I asked them if they'd moved back in together now that they were playing each other solely, you know, in the NHL, that they were just playing against each other. But, you know, I think they've reacted pretty well. They had pockets built in if this were to happen. And they have a window at the end of the regular season if they need it. And right now, I don't think they need it. Despite what they've had postponed, they've got enough pockets built in. And we have a, a weekly feature up here in our games that we call the quiz. And the evil quiz master inevitably asks us one question a week about whether we're going to get a 56-game schedule in in the allotted time. 
And my answer from day one has been yes, but some teams aren't going to like their schedules the second part of the year, but we're going to get it in. You know, we are going to get it in. It's not going to have to go to points percentage. And, and hopefully with the, you know, the advance of, of uh, vaccines and the, the different things in the spring coming and, maybe we're going to get a little bit of an ebb in this, uh, in this nasty situation health-wise. Before the Flyers went on their uh, pause over the past week and a half, their record, if I wrote it down correctly, I think was 8-3-2, uh, which was good for second in the East. I, I forget where they are right now, but 8-3-2. and two. How did you think they were playing? Some people think that, you know, despite what their record says, they, they could have been playing a lot better. Well, I, you know, I, I'd look at it and say what their all three of their losses and one of their overtime games were against Boston. And so, you know, their shootout loss was against Boston and, and one of their overtime games was against Boston. The other two losses were against Boston. And so I'd look at it and say, you know, you're the second best team in the East right now. You've managed to handle everybody else. And, and I actually, that is where I picked them preseason was second in the East. And, you know, I think they came on last year. I like the young goaltender. Um, Elliot's been good this year. And I think it's going to take two guys to get it through this year. I really do. I think the teams with the two, the best two goalie combos are going to be factors. Um, and, and Boston, amazingly, despite their losses of, of Krug and Chara, they're still a really good team. They're driven by their big line and, and they get it done. They, too, have two goaltenders. Um, you know, I think Washington's going to be a factor in the East. And I think that last spot is going to be between the Islanders and Pittsburgh. And obviously we've, you know, we know well the changes that have gone on in Pittsburgh yeah. in the last week and, and, uh, and we'll see how that affects things there. But I think Philadelphia is one of the top two or three teams in the East. And I think that'll play the same way throughout the season. If Chuck Fletcher is going to make some moves, what moves do you think he should make to improve the Flyers this season? Boy, oh boy, hard to say, and it's, it's, it could be a real challenge to even make moves. You know, I mean, you might be eliminating the seven Canadian teams from trade partners right yeah, out of the gate. Right. And, you know, the one major trade that's gone across the border right now is Pierre-Luc Dubois for Patrick Liney and Jack Ross. Like, Pierre-Luc Dubois hasn't played yet. And he played, mm-hmm. he came back and played one game, and then he had a, an injury issue, but he had to quarantine for the 14 days coming up or the 10 days coming up or whatever it was. And so now you're getting down to the trade deadline. You know, um, if you're making a major trade, you'd probably want to eliminate that factor of going across the border and now look within and you might be limited to chances are good. Nobody in the East is going to trade with you. You know, if there's battles going on and, you know, and in a long-term situation, maybe nobody in the central who will be in your division next year, potentially like there's so many different factors going on here. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to make trades, really hard to make trades. And so you might look to your own organization and, and, you know, to what is in Lehigh Valley and, and say, it may be more of an internal situation this year than it's been in recent times. You mentioned uh, Hexie, and I'm glad you brought up you brought up Hexie and his hiring with the Penguins. Uh, big picture, do you see a, a type of Flyers type rebuild that Hexie did here with Pittsburgh, or do you see him going about that differently? I think there's two parts to it, Dave. Um, I, I think initially, it's it's looking at Latang, Crosby, and and um, Malkin and saying. 
can, can we do this once more? And for me, what separated Jim Rutherford from the other GMs of the recent decade and, and a half is that he took a team that had won a cup in 2009 and recreated around those three and won again in 16 and 17. And no one else has been able to do that. I mean, LA won young in 12 and 14. They haven't been able to do it around that. And that's a really, really good group of Dowdy and Kopitar and Quick. And they have been able to do it. Um, Chicago, to date, hasn't been able to do it, albeit they won three, you know, since 2015, even around not Taves right now, but Kane and, and Keith and Crawford, they weren't able to do it. Um, Boston won in 2011 and around a great, great group of young players. They have not been able to redo it. And so now you're asking Hextall to redo it essentially for a second time with that same trio. And I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, we think Malkin – you know, is 21 years old. He's 35 yeah. and the other two are 33 years old. And, and, and they also have mileage on them. When you look at those great cup runs, you know, I look at, at I played 130 playoff games. That's another, it's another two years, you know, a year and a half to two years of mileage. And those guys have played a lot of playoff games. So I think there's two parts to what Hexy will look at. He'll look at that first part and say, okay, this is maybe a year and a half window that I have. Um, and then we have to look at it as a longer term build out. And, you know, he did a magnificent job in Philly. What he arguably, Dave, doesn't get enough credit for is the next steps he took in LA, not the initial building, um, but through 2010, 2011, and 2012, the final steps they took. And so this would be a final step segment that he's at right now in Pittsburgh because. You know, arguably he pushed Dean Lombardi and said, okay, we've got to go now. And that was the Carter and Richards trades and, you know, what took them over the top in terms of winning their Stanley Cup. So he's done it from here forward. It hasn't just been a rebuilding general manager, you know, portfolio. He, he's done both of them, um, albeit, you know, with L.A. the first time. And, and in, in Philadelphia, look, he was ready to go. You know, he was poised to go. It was the Carter Hart situation not coming up. But you can see why he didn't bring Carter Hart up, Dave, because he's looking at his own personal situation. You know, he's in the American League, as Carter Hart was, when we lost Kelly Lindbergh. And we didn't bring Hextall up. We ran that year with Bobby Frozen, Darren Jensen, left right. Hextall in the American League. He had a great year in the American League and probably credited that with his instant success in the NHL. So you can see what he was thinking. Um, and then shortly after, you know, he was fired, Carter Hart did come up and, and impact the team in a positive manner well I got to follow up because when, when he did get fired it was kind of it was an ugly it was it was an ugly exit here in Philadelphia in season um clearly based on the performance of the team uh Dave Haxtell was fired shortly a after that his head coaching hiring so hypothetically Dave if the Flyers do accomplish the ultimate goal of winning a Stanley Cup or even get there you know in the not too distant future let's just say this season, uh, does Hexy eventually get credit for all those players that he drafted that could help the Flyers win a Stanley Cup? I think the fact that he got hired in Pittsburgh already says he's got the credit and getting the credit. I mean, around the league, it's pretty well known that the group of young players in place in Philadelphia are there because of Ron Hextall and that he was patient with them. And the draft and development model is, is incredible incredibly incredibly hard and challenging because of the timing of it 
and the timing of putting those pieces together and, you know, um, you put pieces together, you think it's the right, the right path. And then you have setbacks. You have the Nolan Patrick setback of the number two overall pick in the draft when you're fortunate to, to win the lottery, to move up and, and then have that happen. So um, it's really hard on the timing. I'm watching it firsthand in Toronto right now where they have, you know, a core four of forwards who make an excess of 50% of the salary cap because they commanded, demanded that they be paid. And, and now it's really hard to build a team around them. And so, you know, I don't know if the windows are shorter and shorter, but, but I think Ron Hextall already has gotten due around the league and will continue as the Flyers continue to have success. Last one I want to ask you, uh, and, you and we brought it up before we started our, our recording here. Uh, on your Twitter profile, I noticed that you are a writer, as I mentioned, for the Toronto Star. Uh, you do a weekly column. Uh, what's that like? It's really been fun. Uh, you know, a, a good friend came to me and with the star and said, hey, do you want to write? Like, literally like that, right out of the blue. And I said, well, I don't know. I've never written before. And he said, well, you know, just we'd just be interested in, in your angle on things. You know, you've played, you've coached, you've managed. You're in the broadcast media now. Um, I do color and I do panels and I do shows. Um, and just what your perspective is on things. And so I actually tried, Dave, I, I took some time and wrote about a half a dozen columns, just about obscure things, American Thanksgiving, you know, just to see if I could, could put pen to paper and, and I enjoyed it. And so I've been doing it for a couple months now. I think I've written eight columns so far and, um, and they're different, totally different things. One was what a great mentor Bobby Clark was to me in Philadelphia. And could Joe Thornton do that coming into Toronto for one of the young guys and, and mean long-term? No one, no one had a bigger effect on me than Bob Clark. I mean, he just did throughout my career, the leadership that, you know, that he was, he pushed me to and shared with me and all of the things that he helped me with. Um, and I always remembered it and tried to do it for some of the young guys that I played, you know, with. And, and so, you know, columns like that, different, thoughts different ideas and uh it's been fun it's it's challenging um i start early in the week with ideas and kind of hash them through and um have a great in-house editor she's brilliant <laughs> she she edits probably more from a non-sports perspective and says yeah i don't like that or i do like that um but it's great it's been fun and and you told me that you were getting some feedback from some of the the local guys down here that used to cover you back at, back in the day. Is that is that true? Oh yeah, once a scribe, always a scribe. You know, in the group that covered me, the uh, Radio Morning Stars, um, I've got that whole show covered because Al Morganti was my first beat writer, and then when he went to cover the American Cup in '88, um, Angelo Cataldi took over, and then of course I played with Keith Jones and, and do a little bit of work with him now. So I've got that whole show covered, and. Uh, and the uniqueness of what they've done, they've gone the other way. They've got out of writing into, right. <laughs> into broadcast media. I'm totally. going backwards. Totally. totally. Hey, well, maybe one day you'll be hosting, hosting a morning show and giving a, a bunch of strong opinions like Angelo, Al, and, and Jonesy do these days. You never, you, you never know. Maybe it'll come full circle. Yeah, I might leave that one alone. I've got a little <laughs> show called Leafs Lunch now. We do for a couple hours, and I'm on it a couple times a week. And, uh, and that's quite enough for me at this point. Sounds good. Sounds good. Dave Poulin, uh, former Flyers captain, TSN Toronto star. This was a treat. I appreciate it. I look forward to the next time we chat and hopefully it's during less serious times. Thanks again, Dave. Appreciate it.
Terrific, Dave. Thanks. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.